Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Your Ben Jarofsky Show for Friday, <laughs> March 18th is brought to you by SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, the Chicago Federation of Labor, the Chicago Teachers Union, and Chicago Reader. ChicagoReader.com for all things there is to know the city of Chicago, where to go, what to do, what to eat, what to drink, what kind of reefer to smoke, and so much more, including columns from our very own Ben Jarofsky. Ben, tell us about your latest column, Chicago Reader. Ah, yes. Uh, My latest column in the Chicago Reader uh, is about the sentencing of Jesse Smollett. Uh, It's kind of dated because he's no longer in jail. You know, that's how it goes in the city of Chicago. I thought it was unjust. And by the way, anybody listened to the great debate with Adolfo Mondragon, man, he took on Monroe and me. It was was like wrestling. It was heated. It was heated. I think a chair went flying at one point. Hey, look out. My neighbors were knocking on the doors. Everything okay in there? Yeah, we're we good. went at it. Good times, good times. Uh, and uh, just uh, by the way, just kind of what a White Sox game is like between me and Adolfo debating the issues of the day from the upper balcony at uh, White Sox Park. Uh, so, but uh, I just think it's an absurdly long uh, sentence. Uh, the whole thing is just like a. a Kind of bizarre little sideshow that you know uh, Chicago diverted itself from, and then every now and then someone has to try to justify it. D is like this is really important. Why? It's diversion. It's celebrity. Face it, Chicago. You're like everybody else. You're obsessed with celebrities. You see celebrities, you go Gaga. Like me last night at the Goodman Theater, where I saw Sean Hayes, who by the way is absolutely brilliant. Run, don't walk to go see uh, Good Night, Oscar. Sean Hayes. D, do you know who Sean Hayes is? Or are you too young? No, it sounds like. Is that one of the guys from Boys to Men? No. Who is Sean Hayes? Well, hey, uh, uh, sh- uh, I don't know who you're thinking of. He's from uh, Will and Grace. He's an actor. He's a co- comic actor. He's very funny. Is he, very funny. Does he play Will? No, he plays Jack the neighbor, or I don't know who Jack was. Like Some oh. guy would always run in. Yeah. You know how in sitcoms, like the, the guy would run in, the door flang open, and here he is. Every sitcom <laughs> has a guy who kicks the door open. Like in uh, Seinfeld, it was Kramer, mm-hmm. you know, and oh, okay, the fun is about to begin, you know. And uh, your favorite show, Friends, one of the guys would always go into somebody's house. I can't remember who. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's like the guy, the door flies open. Here I am. Don Knotts and Three's Company. Yeah, Don Knotts and Three's. Don, I thought you were going to say Don Knotts in the uh, Andy Griffith show. Um, but the, yeah, there's always the guy that comes in the door. The door opens. Whoa, the party's beginning. It's kind of like that in the Ben Jarofsky show. Every day, uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. D, the door kicks open. Have I got a story for you? <laughs> anyway, uh, so I just think it was an absurd a diversion uh, from reality and uh, just kind of like we all played our role and we all played our parts. The outraged citizenry of Chicago, like corporate Chicago and civic Chicago, just outraged by this. Let's get Dan Webb. The guy's a corporate lawyer, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, he's a criminal defense lawyer. 
Most of his time is spent defending guys who do things that, in my opinion, are worse than what Justice Millett was accused of. But all of a sudden, wait, I'm going to switch now? Okay, I'm going to take off this Uh-oh. hat and put on that hat. Uh-oh. And everybody in Chicago goes, okay, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, Jesse Smollett. And now he's out. And so I wrote, I, I thought it was a, a, a kind of severe sentencing. Uh, Dolfo Mondragon vehemently disagreed with me. A lot of Chicagoans disagree with me. Oh, well, here's a strike something new. I'm at odds with most Chicagoans on something. Uh, but uh, apparently uh, he's been the uh, two judges in an appellate court said uh, he should be let go while his uh, appeal is outstanding. So he's probably listening to the show right now, D. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, what, 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 if you're Justice Smollett, what are you going to do? I'm going to listen to Ben Jarofsky's show so I can know more about this city that I've spent so much time in. Anyway, so I wrote about Justice Smollett. Check out that column, Chicago Reader, chicagoreader.com. And if you want to help out this program, you can. chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, J-O-R-A. V is in victory, SKY. It is Friday, March 18th, and this is the Ben Jarofsky Show's Oh What a Week. And now, Oh What a Host. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Gas Pains Friday. Here's why. No, I do not have gas pains. I'm just reading the headline in my beloved bright one, the Chicago Sun-Times, talking about the long lines of people at gas stations throughout Chicago uh, taking advantage of gas giveaway cards that have been given to them by Willie Wilson, good friend of this show. Willie Wilson, we don't see eye to eye politically, but uh, he always comes to the show whenever I ask, so I always appreciate that. Uh, Dr. Willie Wilson. Run for a mayor two times, right, D? Uh, and, and a uh, bunch of other stuff. A bunch of other stuff. We'll we'll get into it uh, in, in a little while. But uh, uh, folks lined it up for to, to get their free gas. Uh, Willie Wilson once again just sort of thumbing his nose uh, at uh, just the powers that be in the city of Chicago in his own inimical uh, Willie Wilson style. So. Gas pains. I could go on a whole riff, but I got a feeling. I got a feeling. To quote John Lennon and Paul McCartney, that uh, Doctor D uh, will be dealing that with that in uh, oh what a week. So without further ado, I'll turn it over to Man of It, the Legend, the Pride and Joy of Alton, Illinois, the man that Willie Wilson calls my fellow doctor with oh what a week. I think he did call me that one time mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Suntime Studio. I opened yep. the door for him. He said, "Thank you, my fellow doctor." <laughs> I said, "Well." <laughs> I'm not a Wait, doctor, but that's great. How about this one of my favorite Willie Wilson memories where he just, the door opened and there was Willie Wilson. You remember that, D? <laughs> yeah. There was like some kind of confusion. Yeah. Uh, I didn't have him booked for that day, and he thought he'd, he just showed up. It's like the first week of uh, the podcast. And uh, I believe uh, Troy LaRavier was in yep. the studio, and we had one of the greatest shows ever because ideologically, uh, Troy and Willie Wilson – uh, do not uh, have much in common. Let's just put it that way. Uh, Troy is a, a, a leftist, as am I. And Willie is definitely a conservative. Uh, a Republican. Come on, Will, just admit it. You're a Republican. And uh, so they went at it. It was good stuff. And very spirited. And, uh, very entertaining. Much like the great debate over Justice Smollett that uh, I had with uh, Adolfo Mondragon. So anyway, yes. 
that uh, that's uh, he may have said, "Thank you, doctor. Uh, can I have uh, you check and see? Uh, I have an earache." Just, and what does it? What does he always say about uh, signing checks? Oh, yeah, that was in the old days. He said that to me. I'll never forget it. He, uh, were you in the room when he said it? Yeah, uh, you were in the room. He goes, uh, he, "What does he say? Uh, you signed the back of your checks. I signed the front of your checks. Something. I just blew it. Sorry, Willie. I just blew your line. It was a great line when you said it, and I utterly annihilated it. I humbly apologize. What What is the line, D? You're, you're better at that stuff. I think it I was, uh, you signed the back of your check, but I signed the front. Yeah. So, okay. Is that right? <laughs> Something like that. Checks are kind of uh, getting old these days. I'm yeah, forgetting, you know, forgetting how checks check. work. <laughs> yeah, even yeah, the notion of a check is kind of... He needs to he needs to update that to like some Venmo thing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Willie Wilson doing Venmo. Hmm, there's a thought. Oh, my God. That could have saved people a bunch of time with that gas thing, huh? I know. I know. Just Venmo them, Willie. Yeah, Venmo them. Millennials. I'm going to give you a little tip, Willie Wilson. You want to win a millennial over? Just mention Venmo. And they're like putty in your hand. Venmo. Their eyes light up when they hear Venmo. Whoa, <laughs> Venmo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Millennials love Venmo, D. <laughs> All right, calm down, millennials. It's just a way of exchanging money, all right? All right, everybody. How's it going? Let's find out what happened in Chicago and or Illinois this week. St. Patrick's Week. Oh, God. Yeah, baby. That's right. The Chicago St. Patrick's Day parades were back on this year after a two-year hiatus, all thanks to that damn dirty coronavirus. And boy, I gotta say, that may have been the best thing about the stupid pandemic, because since moving to the city, I have come to really hate this holiday. (laughs) Apparently, the Southside Irish Parade was a bit of a doozy. Both Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker and Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot were present, and both received their fair share of booze. But you know who did not receive their fair share of booze and attended the parade? Illinois Republican gubernatorial candidate Gary Rabine. Didn't see that one coming, did you? No, that's hilarious. Ben, you're, well, old. Help us out here. What is it about these particular parts of the south side of Chicago that make them favor Republicans so much? What's the history behind that? Do you know? Yeah. Yes. Uh, well, for as long as I can remember, the uh, the southwest and northwest sides of Chicago have been the re- Republican enclaves. And it's, here's the theory, D. It's like, Further and further you get from like the center of the city, the more the notion is, is that you become more suburbanite. That's how it was explained to me when I first moved to Chicago, like 1981. You know, well, it's it's that's like the outskirts of Chicago. You know what I'm saying? And then over time, when when uh, old man Mayor Daley put the um, requirement that city workers have to live in the city of Chicago, so became uh, enclaves of police and firefighters. Like, we have to live in the city, so we're going to get as far away from the city, pretend we're not in the city. You know, I'm on the far northwest side. It's not really Chicago, okay? <laughs> so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's got that... Uh, that anchor of uh, police and firefighters. I, I, I do not. Um, I found myself doing somebody's. I found myself doing an Obama there. I'm not quite sure I understand why firefighters are as conservative as they are. It's something I talk about with Sam Holloway all the time. Uh, police, I understand why uh, the conservative tendency of police. I understand that. 
Although I don't understand why they support politicians who don't uh, support their pensions. I really don't understand that. Uh, but uh, we'll get into that. Uh, so anyway, for whatever it's worth, the, that's, in my humble re- opinion, the reason why the Northwest and Southwest sides are as conservative as they are. All righty. Yeah. It feels like that's a question I should have asked you like years ago. I've always kind of wondered that. I've not, I'm not from here. Just kind of noticed it's, that. It's slowly, and I mean slowly changing. Uh, we, the, um, the station that we that, uh, used to employ, both of us, I can't remember the name of it, uh, is in the 45th Ward. Yeah. And uh, the 45th Ward, John Arena, who was relatively liberal or progressive, whatever term you want to use, uh, was the alderman. Uh, and probably still would be the alderman, except he uh, irritated so many people, uh, uh, needlessly, I might say. Um, and now Jim Gardner is the alderman, uh, and he's conservative. So he's like a throwback. But uh, John Arena was a real progressive. I, I remember being stunned. I told Arena this. I said he showed up at a, a meeting uh, on the south side of Chicago. Like it was a meeting of uh, the progressive aldermen on their alternative budget hearings way back when in the early days of his term, uh, his tenure, excuse me, as alderman. I was like, whoa, the, the alderman of the 45th ward on the northwest side on the south side of Chicago. I didn't, something I never would imagine seeing. So John Arena, I like John Arena. Good man. It's something That's... I noticed going to the south side and the west side. You were talking about the station we worked at. If I could be candid here, uh, it was the first time I noticed, like, oh, there's the broke-ass white people in Chicago. <laughs> well, they're not that broke. <laughs> well, uh, I, anyway. just saying, I'd see, like, an O'Reilly Auto Parts, and, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, all right, cool. I see. <laughs> got that downstate vibe a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, we got one more St. Patrick's Day story. Oh, my goodness. Former Mayor Richard M. Daly returned to hosting his annual St. Patrick's Day party. This time it was at Hugo's in the Gold Coast. Ben, you were invited to that, right? No, most definitely not. (laughs) Did not really get along with the Daly administration uh, in any way (laughs) during the, uh, definitely during the O's when I really started writing my column. Oh, God, did they hate me? All right. So, well, since we're kind of going through uh, history here, uh, do you know any kind of stories or any background on these parties? Any other than I'm not invited to? Other them? than that, yeah. No, it's, it's you, first they, I've ever heard of them. Yeah. Okay. So these are the kinds of parties uh, where people who attend uh, Ed Burke fundraisers go. Okay. Remember we used to talk about the Ed Burke fundraiser A- you know, after so, he, yeah, after the FBI. Even after, <laughs> Even, you know, yeah. uh, and uh, so if you're a powerful person in the city of Chicago, you go there to protect your connections to other powerful people in terms of the political leadership in this city. And that's that connection that has run this city since for as long as I can remember, the corporate elite and the political elite. Uh, and uh, the political elite are elected by folks who are not elite. And in return, the non-elite get, generally, the promise that their garbage will be collected and their streets will be paved. Now, that promise has been watered down. Dave. I don't know if you've been going around the city of Chicago these days. Man, <laughs> God dang, there's some big-time potholes right now. And I'm not, I'm not saying it's, you know, I just think it's a breakdown. I've been noticing this for a while. Hey, you know, Rahm Emanuel, horrific under him, too. I think they like he would, Rahm Emanuel figured, all right, uh, I'll fill these potholes. Not literally Rahm filling them up, but, you know, setting aside the money to have them fill up right before an election. The public's not that bright. You know, they'll forget that for four years. You can always be sure of one thing, Chicago. Your leaders will 
under they'll underestimate your intelligence. They will. Every single they go, we don't have to fill the potholes for three and a half years. We'll fill them right before an election, and these voters won't remember. And D, you know what? They're right. So Lori Lightfoot's just carrying on a great tradition of Rob Emanuel and Daly at the end. No, we're not filling potholes. Are you kidding? <laughs> One time, D, I'm going to tangent within a tangent. One of my favorite moments at a budget hearing. They used to have, Mayor Daly used to have budget hearings. Ah, the good old days, Mayor Daly's budget hearings. So one guy got up there. He goes, there's this giant pothole on my street. <laughs> and he's talking about the pothole. It was like so passive aggressive what the city did. So it was typical. Daly goes, oh, there's a pothole. Hey, Billy Bob, take care of that. And because, you know, he would have all his commissioners on the stage with him. So streets and sand guy would be in charge of potholes and go, I'll take care of that. And so some aides to the streets and sand guy would rush over to the complaining resident who had come before the king, Mayor Daly, and, you know, told him about his pothole. And the king is going, I'm going to show the little people of Chicago who don't get invited to my uh, St. Patrick's Day party how I care about them. And so the, the little A would run over, what's your name, buddy? <laughs> what's your name, buddy, pal? And get his address. And they dispatched a crew to fix the pothole. Guess what, D? Instead of just filling the pothole, they put like a make a mountain. It was like this. <laughs> then the guy was complaining about like, now there's a, like this huge mini hill in the middle of my street where they filled the pothole. Yeah, you know why? Because you complain. That's called passive aggressive. From possible. Oh, we'll, we'll take your complaint. And meanwhile, here's the middle finger to you for complaining and making us look bad to the bus. Have you been working on your impressions lately? I heard some new voices there. You had, a, uh, you had a daily there that was kind of good. Then you had some. Randy <laughs> has a little of uh, Ken Davis, you know, he, and Flannery. <laughs> Willie Wilson. Well, regardless, very impressive. Studio audience, let's hear it. That was good. Thank you. I'm just, what can I say? I just, here, if you heard my Barack Obama, um, buttercup, peanut butter, whatever. <laughs> Wait, that's my Alexi Junior. Sorry about that. Oh, I mean, it's really <laughs> the same <laughs> thing, really. Right? Yeah, you know. Let's keep that statewide news going here. And since we're talking about green, from potholes to potheads. Oh, we're <laughs> overflowing with the segues today, people. Uh... J.B. Pritzker's administration is changing up how future cannabis licenses are handed out after legal delays for current applicants have stifled growth of the industry. The Department of Financial and Professional Regulation announced Tuesday that it's filing rules to simplify the application process. Going forward, applicants will be able to apply online with certain basic information like name, principal offers, contact info, and a $250 fee. The state is responding to complaints across the industry that the current application process has been too much paperwork and uh, too time consuming and too expensive. Some social equity applicants, for example, have had to hire pricey consultants just to get an application filled out. Yeah, well, that's the way of the world, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, they make things so convoluted and complicated, you have to have an advisor. Welcome to the tax system in the United States of America. Do, do, you, do you do your own taxes or do you have a tax? Oh, I got a tax person. Uh, last year for the first time, I got a tax person. And boy, it was the best decision I ever made. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, my mom, may she rest in peace, was she was like, I'm doing my taxes. I remember in the when I was a kid, uh, the table 
the dining room table where we usually ate would be filled with tax forms for like a month. Mom, why don't you just go to, you know, like the tax guy down the street? There's tons of them in Evanston. Shh, don't bother me. I'm doing the taxes. I, your father won't give me the XYZ form we have to fill. Oh, my God, it was a horrible thing. And then fi- eventually at some point in the, I forget when, time keeps on twisting, twisting into the future. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fly like an eagle. <laughs> oh, my. That's just a little shout out to J.B. Pritzker because he loves. What's the name of that group? That, that, that Steve Miller. Time keeps on twisting, twisting. Anyway, uh, at some point in the 80s, I think it was my mom said, out of hell with this. And got a tax advisor. So, yeah, that's just the same way with the state. They make it so convoluted and confusing. You got to get a consultant. The consultant makes money off of it. What is that's the whole thing, Dean. Don't get me started on legalizing reefer uh (laughs) somehow or other all these companies rich powerful white guys are making all the money and uh not rich not powerful black guys did all the time back in the day but there's no problem of uh discrimination in the united states of america and i feel like this administration could have nipped some of this at the butt early you know what i mean just by listening to some ben jarofsky shows i mean they could have got you know the could have got the hint a little earlier, right? Yeah, it could have. By the way, is that a pun? Nip some in the bud? Oh, my Lord. We are Whoa. just... Did we have breakfast today? I think we did. <laughs> I just had a bo- delicious bowl of cereal. I had I had Crazy some eggs. Brands. I had eggs. <laughs> wow, you put it together and we had a hell of a breakfast. Anything else you'd like to add here about us? Well, there's another story related to this. I'm not quite well, sure if you're going to raise that story. And let's so do I'll it. Let you. I'll put the ball back in your court, oh. uh, Dr. J. Well, thank you very much. I'm Dr. D, actually. No, oh, I thought you were not a doctor. <laughs> no, let's move on. And, you know, let's mark it down as yet another time that this producer may have been ahead of the curve. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times. Oh, yes, and he's back on the reefer beat, baby. Tommy Two-Joint Shuba. Sales have fallen significantly since Illinois dispensaries unloaded a record $137 million worth of recreational cannabis products last December, raising concerns that limited supply and sky-high prices could be pushing consumers into the illicit market, a.k.a. back-to-their-friendly neighborhood weed man. Not sure why he made it sound so sinister. The illicit market. Market. (laughs) (laughs) Illinois' 110 licensed pot shops tallied $117 million in sales in January and just under $114 million in February, the lowest monthly haul since last March. But all things considered, damn, that's a lot of money. Uh, Massive monthly receipts had been one of the few bright spots for Illinois' highly regulated recreational pot program, which has generated over $2 billion in sales over its two first years, despite some month-to-month dips. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have to figure this one out, D, because you're absolutely correct. And I do not want to go back to the days where they're locking up people for selling reefer. Okay. Which is, I could just, I'll, I can hear that argument coming. What we got to do is we got to lock them up again. That's the problem. I don't know who that's. <laughs> it's just a general law and order guy. Lock them up. That's what we got to do. Uh, but listen, here's the th- situation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, when uh, the movement for reefer, uh, legalizing reefer began, people didn't talk about the injustice done and the way uh, the laws against reefer uh, were uh, enforced. People didn't talk about how they were locking up uh, black people for something that white people do. No, 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 no. People talked about we can use the, the proceeds of taxing reefer to fortify our coffers. That's what they talked about. And I remember Tony Preckwinkle. 
Cook County Board President Tony Pricklick, who was one of the first elected officials, he even like tip her toe, put her toe into this water, even just talk about it in the most general way. And she talked about it back when she was first elected. So I got to give her credit. You know, I got my issues with Tony Preckwell, but she was way ahead of the curve on this one. And she was saying, I remember her with this, she gave an interview to Mick Dumpke and myself. And she said that if I have to talk about this as a financial matter, at the high cost of uh, arresting people and sending them to jail, uh, as, as opposed to the amount of money we could bring in to taxing it, I'll do so. If that's how you what you have to do to get people to join, to um, move toward uh, legalizing marijuana, I will do that. So that's what uh, most citizens, you know, responsible people, that's how they viewed it. Uh, and, uh, well, it's, it's about revenue. I'm not, I'm not condoning the use of marijuana. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just going to get all drunk on St. Patrick's Day. Freaking everybody in the city is going to get publicly drunk on St. Patrick's Day. But I cannot condone the use of marijuana. What a weird country we are, D. You know it as well as I do. So, uh, so now we're at a situation where it's so expensive because uh, the tax the taxes are so high, and the the, the cost of the 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 reefer itself is high. That yeah, I think a lot of people are going back to uh, Billy Bob or the Cookie Man or whatever your name your guy is. Remember Dennis's guy down in St. Louis, the Cookie. Well, man. I think it's been so long since we've uh, gave some context to that story. The Cookie Man when I lived. Uh, back down state in Edwardsville, Illinois, it was this dude I'd buy weed from. And not only did he sell weed, oh no, oh no, he did more. And uh, one day I went to a concert. He invited me to like a reggae show or whatever. Uh, really good reggae band, but uh, in St. Louis. And I go to the show and he's like, hey man, I got a cookie for you. And I'm like, okay. And he hands me a cookie and I'm like, all right. And he's like, yeah, man. And then, uh, then I look around, and everybody at this concert is eating a cookie. And obviously, there's weed in the cookie, guys. And uh, I look at the guy, and he goes, that's right. I'm the cookie man, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's he, the story. Uh, that's where the cookie man comes from. The cookie man. I wonder what the cookie man is doing now. It's probably a mayor somewhere downstate. Well, you know, I've, I follow him on Facebook. Seems like he's doing well. Seems okay, like a cool dude. Doing, got a kid. Got man. a kid and a wife doing real good. Uh, but no, I remember like one day going to his place after, after that moment, I found out he was the cookie man. I guess I just caught him right when he got into this cooking phase. Cause I'd show up to his place and he'd have like the oven timer on and I'm like, what's up dude? And he'd be like, ding. And he'd pull out like this pie and he's like, oh yeah, man, there's weed in there. Like I figured. Uh, so he was the pie man at that point. Well, he's all, he was the, the baking man, I guess. I don't know what the hell he was, but well, good you dude. know, I bet his prices were competitive. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and uh, so you're going to have to figure that one out, State. All right, just saying. You might have to figure that one out. No, you know what they'll do? They'll just keep raising the prices, hope to make up for it that way. Right. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, we are really weird when it comes to reefer as a country. Really, really weird. I just... It's one of my favorite topics, the inconsistencies, the hypocrisies, the double standards, uh, you know, the, the, the fact that they, uh, you must talk to your children about it. And meanwhile, they're everybody on public displays of drunkenness for St. Patrick's Day, which lasts for like a week. I mean, St. Patrick's Day literally lasts for, it was, it was like Saturday, last Saturday was, I saw people stumbling around drunk oh. uh and it's not just irish people like just my uh i just have to point this out a lot of non-irish people celebrating saint patrick's day wait a minute 
it's a holiday that enables us to get drunk and throw up in public places. Where do I sign up? <laughs> yeah, and, uh, it's bad. So last night was literally St. Patrick's Day. Yesterday was St. Patrick's Day. But the, those two parades over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and then the actual day. So it's like a three-day holiday. There, was, there were people downtown wearing green and stuff. I'm like, guys, we, come on. It's a little overkill. Don't you think it was last week? I mean, so anyway, I more power to you. I'm not hating on St. Patrick's Day. I'm just pointing about the inconsistency between our attitudes toward marijuana you know, the public use of marijuana. You're still not allowed to do that, D. You know, you're still not allowed. Now, I hear, I get that smell. I love that. When I'm walking down the street, uh-oh, woo, <laughs> marijuana. Oh, and it's more and more frequent, I've noticed. Well, good. Seriously, people, let me ask you this. Come on, Would people. you rather have a guy walking down the street uh, smoking a joint, or would you rather have a guy walking down the street uh, drinking what? Gin, beer. Whatever, out of a bottle. Come on. Come on, Chicago. Make that decision. Who's more, what, uh, feisty? Who's more, who's, who's probably more likely to get into a fight? The guy smoking the joint or the guy drinking the alcohol? Come on, Chicago. You know the answer to that, and yet you pretend like, this is really serious up in marijuana. I remember trying to find any politician who would discuss this. Well, Ben, this is a very difficult uh, conversation to have. And I, can we go off the record? <laughs> well, I, uh, I smoked it this weekend, but uh, I don't think voters are ready for that. Meanwhile, all the voters are high. No, they're edibles. It's different. <laughs> yeah. So uh, anyway, we have to figure that out. You have to figure that out, Illinois. You want to bring in the money. Well, maybe have to lower the price a little bit, huh? Same thing's going on in California, D, by the way. This, there's the uh, the uh, illicit market. <laughs> the illicit market. Anyway, it's going to be a problem. That's what they'll have to. But listen, I'll say this. I'd rather have that problem than have the old situation. Let me just say this. Thank you. Leaders of Illinois, all Democrats, Republicans hiding under their desks, biggest phonies in the world. So thank you, J.B. Pritzker. We have problems. Yes, D, we have problems. But it's better uh, than the prohibition. I think you'll agree with that. Big problems become big problems when you let small problems sit. Yes. Don't forget that, Dennis. Don't forget that. Best concert? Yeah, Steve Miller Band and the Eagles. <laughs> Time keeps on slipping, slipping. Hey, the Eagles are coming to town. Yeah, I heard that on the radio. Hey, who cares? Time for a 2022 <laughs> Illinois primary election candidate update. This is a 2022 Illinois primary election candidate update. Here's the Eagles. <laughs> uh, who cares? I think a lot of people would be in the who cares category in that one, D. <laughs> no, my mom would be like, hell yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Dave McKinney and WBEZ for their hard work on this one. It's filling time. It's filing time for our... <laughs> I misspelled it there in my script. I'm like, it's filling that time. That part of the show, ladies and gentlemen, you will never hear. I'm going to say this right now. You just missed something because guarantee Dennis <laughs> will edit that part nah, out. we'll keep oh, that in. That makes a mistake. Looks like a, a doofus. One. Put that in. That's a good one. We'll keep that one in. <laughs> uh, go ahead. 
It's filing time for our Illinois gubernatorial hopefuls. That's right. Who's putting up and who's shutting up? The Republican and Democratic fields for Illinois governor for June's primary began to take shape Monday with the passage of a deadline for candidates to submit paperwork to secure the state's top elected job. Downstate venture capitalist Jesse Sullivan and two others were the last of eight Republican gubernatorial hopefuls to file for the June 28th ballot. But... Rumor around the water cooler has been that Sullivan will get his petition signatures challenged. Copies of some of the petition pages that his campaign turned in Monday show signatures that look strikingly similar. Uh-oh. <laughs> Trouble in paradise. <laughs> oh, Jesse, you're learning quick, bud. Uh, the campaign's response? We're not surprised that our opponents prefer to focus us in court than on the campaign trail. Ooh, tough words from the Sullivan campaign there. Yes, uh, Jesse Sullivan. I, I still don't understand why he's running. Uh, Richard Irvine, excuse me, Richard Irvine took his sort of lane to victory. And that is, you know, the quote unquote, and I got it really in quotes, moderate Republican. Uh, just trying to distance himself uh, from MAGA by saying something like, "Yeah, hey, if you want to wear a mask, go ahead." You know that kind of thing. That's well, that re- that that passes as being a moderate for today's Republican Party, and hoping that big money, corporate money, will back you. There's the it, that's the more important. That, one. That's the part. Well, the big corporate money did not go to Sullivan; it went to Irvin. Yeah. So I'm like, why are you running? I don't understand it. You, you can't win. MAGA's not going to MAGA's not going to vote for you. You don't have the big money to bamboozle everybody with commercials, you know, like Irvin's doing. So why are you even running? And now it turns out there could be petition issues. You have to have a certain number of quote unquote valid signatures uh, to uh, make the ballot. And if you just get your the same person to sign 100 times, which is sort of what the allegation is, just saying, then that's not gonna get you on the ballot let's just put it that way all right so uh i'm noticing uh in your response there you're you yourself you're kind of putting Irvin there on the top i remember there was a time where you were saying darren bailey's the guy oh no i still think uh that maga is not sold on richard Irvin. yeah he's got a lot of problems in appealing to maga now this i've said this uh in uh, i'll say it again this is the issue here is how much integrity maga has follow me on this d MAGA says, we believe absolutely that you have to be a Trump supporter to be one of us. And then there's like this whole group of things that you have to uh, abide by. Number one, the election was stolen. You must abide by that. Number two, everything good in this country that has happened in the last, what, six years is because of Donald John Trump. Number three, no matter what Donald John Trump does, it's legal. He call up election officials in Georgia and get and ask them to throw out votes for Joe Biden. But if he did it, it's okay. You know, so that is what MAGA wants uh, its candidates to swear to. Uh, Okay, that's their litmus test. And DB, Darren Bailey, state senator, the hog farmer, who's not a hog farmer, but in this show. Uh, okay, I'm going to do the deep dive on this. I'm going to, you know, I've always wanted to do an investigative deep dive like you, channel my inner Ben Jarofsky. Maybe I'm going to find out if this guy's actually a hog farmer, all right, before this year's over. Yeah, there you go. You have a year, before the year's over, you get a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that could be something, an assignment he picks up on December 30th, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, uh-oh, deadline time. This is like Dennis in high school. Uh-oh, it's Sunday night. Got that. I got that book report due tomorrow. We got to figure this out. All right, we've. Is he a hog farmer? I'm anyway. sure he's. I'm sure he's farmed a few hogs. But anyway. whether he's a hog farmer or not, 
He's got MAGA's allegiance. So I believe uh, as long as uh, as long as MAGA's voting its heart, it's going to vote for DB. But what if MAGA decides not to vote its heart? What if MAGA says, we're going to make a calculation? <laughs> what if MAGA, like, finds its inner Rahm Emanuel? Think about that. MAGA, well, I'm going to look for the candidate that I think best win. I don't care what that candidate stands for. Well, you know, what that candidate's past is. I just want to look for the candidate best win. Then MAGA starts following those Richard Irvin commercials paid for by Kenny G. They could go. They, they could go, I want to be like David Axelrod and Rahm Emanuel. I'm going with the winners of the world. And then I'm like, wow, MAGA, you really disappointed me. Oh, you were like, I stick by what I believe in. I don't budge. I'm not politically correct. I against cancel culture. I stand with my man. They could desert DBD. They could desert him. So uh, right now, I I don't think uh, I I don't have enough to know which way will MAGA go stand by its convictions, or will they just you know go to the rich guy? Like everybody else in politics. So we're waiting to see on that one, D. Waiting right. to see. It's almost like basketball, right? Who's going to be our sixth man of the year in this race in the Republican primary, right? Is it going to be Darren Bailey or is it going to be Irvin? Anyone else is just kind of like, uh, you kind of forget Yeah, about, I mean, right? you know, they're all in the same lane. Jeannie uh, Ives, remember, she was kind of like, you know, the one who was in the primary who almost won. And we can't stop hearing about her, unfortunately, right? Well, Jeannie Ives, okay, there you go. That's a perfect example. Jeannie Ives represented MAGA. Now, uh, in 2018, when she ran against uh, Bruce Rauner, she got <laughs> just that little <laughs> Rauner. Uh, she got, what, 47% of the vote, something like that. That's a lot of vote for someone who, you know, Rauner had name recognition. Not, Rauner was an incumbent. Rauner had all the money. So MAGA really hadn't asserted itself fully. You know, that was before... Uh, the presidential election of 2020 and Trump's assertion that he won, even though he lost and before the insurrection. So now MAGA seems or had seemed to be, you know, uh, clear about who it could go for and who it was going against. So we'll see, D. Uh, I bet you Jeannie Ives, if, if, if Jeannie Ives are in the race, DB would not be in the race and she would be the front runner. There you go. Here's what we do. We get Mark Maxwell on the show, okay? Illinois reporter Mark Maxwell, Springfield's best beat reporter, if you ask me. We get Mark Maxwell, and we uh, we approach him, and we ask him to ask Darren Bailey if he farms hogs. Okay, there you go. Right? Uh, yes, I think that's a great idea, Mark, Mark, Mark Maxwell. Wasn't he on our show once before? On the radio days, yes. Yeah. Yes. He did a phoner. Uh, He's one of the three people in the state of Illinois outside the city of Aurora who ever heard of Richard Irvin before Kenny G plucked him. <laughs> That's his candidate. One of three. That's it. I don't want to hear a WB Easy report. No, but I heard of him. That's the plan. I, I swear I heard of him. You did it. Stop acting like you did, Chicago reporters. You had no idea who the mayor of Aurora was. Just stop it right now. I think that's okay. the plan, though. We get Mark Maxwell. We say, hey, you know, it would be great if you do us a favor. Next time you're at a presser for Bailey, ask him if he farms hogs. There's a rumor going around. Do you hog farm hogs as well? I think that's a great idea. Right? Yeah. Or either that or you can file a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> do you, <laughs> wow. Do you farm hogs? <laughs> 
Uh, We're dying to know. By the way, God forbid we bring Darren Bailey on our show. Would he do it, you think? Uh, And would I do it? I mean, we've had... uh, I mean, Nick Spazzato, we, how many Trump voters have we had on the show? Uh, I could do it. Uh, Nick Spazzato. One. Willie Wilson. Two. two. Okay. All right. And then there could have been some who just pretended they didn't. You know? You know? So, uh, uh, Raylo. Did you vote for Trump, <laughs> Raylo? Come on, Raylo. Just. All right. And, you know, I, I could work that downstate charm a little bit and maybe we can get them on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You could talk about things you have in common, yeah. which are nothing, because Dennis is not a farmer. Anyway, okay. all right. We know most of the candidates running on the Republican side for governor. Gary Rabine, Paul Schimpf, Darren Bailey, and Aurora Mayor Richard Irvin. I don't want to make empty promises to, to the residents of Illinois without identifying what the issues are. Play it safe, buddy. Play it safe. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, Ken, what's my stand on that? I don't want to make an empty promise. Hold on, let me call Kenny G. That's a lifeline. He's a perpetual lifeline to Kenny G. Kenny, what's what, what, what's my position on this issue? I just feel like that clip just says so much right now in his campaign so far. I don't want to make yeah. empty promises to, to the residents of Illinois without identifying what the issues are. At that end, don't forget, uh, it's over. It's done. Remember that one? I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. <laughs> love that one. Oh, Flannery, you're a bulldog. I've been on the Flannery show. He's relentless. Then you keep saying the tiffs are bad. Flannery has a connection with Darren Bailey as well. That would be a great question for Flannery, right? Do you actually farm hogs? <laughs> That's actually a. I think, now, I people want to know. I hate to say it. His, I hate to say it. Just across the board. Dennis's imitations are better than mine. Just across the board. You know, it's very humbling to have done this show with him for five years. Because I do my imitations, I'm all proud of him, then he does his, and better than mine. Between Maxwell and Flannery, we're going to find out. All right, let's move on. But there is one new Republican candidate running we have yet to mention. Emily Johnson, a political neophyte from Wheaton. And guys, I personally have no clue what neophyte means. But to get an idea of where she stands, she's been quoted on a flyer saying, quote, I will campaign with Trump and stand beside him as we fix the fraudulent election. And she really cares about the local issues here, guys, saying she wants to, quote, investigate the fraud in the 2020 election and take back their government from those who have usurped their positions through unlawful means. We've never heard of Emily Johnson. Yeah, I never heard of her. And uh, she's running as a Trumpster. So she's on the same path DB's in. So you know who's really happy about that? Richard Irvin. <laughs> I think we're done. The campaign, of course, is not done. Yes, it's not done. And uh, see, this is the other theory I have out there. You have so many MAGA people in the race, they split up the vote. And then Urban wins the non-MAGA. <laughs> like what portion of the, this will be interesting theory. What portion of the Illinois Republican a primary is non-MAGA? Just like, like what are the portion that like, like supports Liz Cheney or uh, Adam Kinzinger or any, the Lincoln project? Be curious to see. Uh, it's not enough in my humble opinion to win a one-on-one race. But if you have like five MAGA people in the race, mm. so look for uh, Richard Irvin not to challenge the petitions of uh, Emily Johnson D. 
Also filing Monday were Republicans Keisha Smith and Max Solomon of Hazelcrest. I'll look more into them next week, I guess. So all the usual suspects were there, along with some new ones. But one name I did not notice, Ben. One Mr. Cow. <laughs> yeah, I did. Man Cow. No radio personality. Man Cow Muller. What the heck? He chickened out. Man Cow really disappointed me, man. Really disappointed. He had those beautiful pipes, those deep pipes, and they just wasted them. He did that. Right? He did have those solid answers when they were asking about his campaign. I, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> huh? I don't know. Really? I, uh, yeah. What's What's going to be my first name? I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, he he knew nothing. He knew none of the issues. None. And he didn't pretend. I don't know. I, I guess he thought that make him relatable to the Illinois voter. Uh, I like a guy who admits he doesn't know anything. I'll vote for him. Taxes are too high. It's you can always fall back on that one. Guys, I tried. Question one was really hard. What <laughs> is your name? I don't know. I stopped. <laughs> On the Democratic side, Governor J.B. Pritzker picked up a Democratic challenger, Westside nurse Beverly Miles, who finished last in a four-way election in 2019 for 28th Ward Alderman. Ben, do we know anything about Beverly Miles? Uh, I do not. I, uh, Other than I read the same thing you did, and she ran for Alder, Alder Woman of the 28th Ward. And as you know, uh, Jason Urban is the uh, Alderman of the 28th Ward. So I know nothing more about her and i'll just pass and go back to you because i think we're done the campaign of course is not done (laughs) pull the nerve in there bud yeah i did i think we're done in other primary news well that didn't take long we're now feeling what illinois politico calls the political aftershocks of the federal indictment of powerful former house speaker michael madigan NBC reporter Marianne Ahern reports that Secretary of State candidate Anna Valencia relied on some members of Madigan's Democratic Ward organization to help get signatures she needs to get on the ballot. David Moore, who's also running for Secretary of State and was also on the Ben Jarofsky show, criticized Valencia, saying the Madigan people are still there. So they have an interest in maintaining what's happening in the Secretary of State's office. We're going to pause it right there. What do you think of that quote? Well, I don't uh, blame David Moore uh, for doing that and saying that. Uh, I, you know, D, oh God, I'm going to get in trouble here. I think uh, that it's a bit of a witch hunt to just go bash anybody who did had anything to do with Michael Joseph Madigan, because I'll put it this way. He was the chairman of the Illinois Democratic Party. Okay, it was only about two years ago, not even that. I guess it was a year and a half ago. He was the Speaker of the House. You couldn't round up enough uh, House of Representatives to vote against him. Remember that, ladies and gentlemen? If there were 19 of them or 20 of them that got on the bus or off the bus. I can't remember what which one it was. It's what it took to get him out. And now all of a sudden, you're going to like start pointing fingers at blame at people who you were probably your friends and your allies just a year ago. I just feel as though, you know, I just I see this happen. I just got to shake my head. Michael Madigan, Ed Burke. Oh, my God. Danny Solis. They were three of the most powerful Democrats in the city of Chicago. They, uh, Burke, determined, had a great uh, great hand or say in who our judges were. Danny Solis was in charge of the zoning committee. Every single, every developer who wanted anything done in the city had to go through Danny Solis. I didn't hear anybody other than a few lefties complaining about them. 
But now, oh, okay, what? Because the feds indicted them, they're a useful tool. So I'm just saying, I have a hard time, D. You know what I'm saying? I have a hard time suddenly overnight, everybody's blasting uh, Madigan, Burke. And so I wish I could, I wish, where were my allies when I needed you? Back in the day when they were in full power, Ed Burke, finance chair, controlled every budget in the city of Chicago. I didn't hear any Republican blasting Ed Burke. Router love Burke. Remember that day? No. We have a, oh, Ed Burke. <laughs> so uh, Republicans loved Ed Burke. Ed Burke saved Donald Trump, I don't forget how many thousands of dollars by his, being his property tax lawyer. I didn't hear any Republicans crying about that. So now Democrats are joining joining this crusade against Matt. I just I have a hard time with it, D. Just you know, where were you when we needed you? That's kind of where I'm at with it now. Oh, everyone. Oh, yeah, Madigan. He's bad. He's horrible. <laughs> Ahern says the Madigan connection is part of a broader concern about ethics in the race. She points to Oppo research, Oppo, showing Valencia failed to fill out her 2021 statement of economic interest, disclosing that her husband had earned $18,000 lobbying city agencies and older people, among others, on behalf of Monterey Security, mm-hmm. a company co-founded by Santiago Solis, the brother of former alderman and FBI mole Danny Solis. After Ahern's inquiries, Valencia amended her filing, which prompted her other opponent, Alexi Genulius. <laughs> the idea held by generations of citizens who believe that America is a constant work in progress. Genulius called for tighter restrictions and more disclosures about lobbyists' work. Yeah, that's because his neck's not on the line. <laughs> Back in 2010, oh my goodness, he remember the connections to his family bank? And the Democrats say, hey, here we go. This is a good idea. In the midst of a banking crisis, let's nominate a banker whose bank has failed to be our Senate candidate. Whoa, my beloved Democratic Party shoots itself in the foot again. I, listen, man, I, I got to, I don't know. There's very few politicians in the state of Illinois, D, who could talk about ethics with a straight face. You know, I mean, and, and who among us? Who among us, ladies and gentlemen, hasn't cut a corner every now and then? I'm just saying. So uh, it's just, I guess it's good to pretend like we believe in ethics, right, D? Isn't that good to pretend like we believe in ethics? But, you know, there's always an excuse whenever you get into, well, everybody has an excuse for it, you know. we. I don't know if you have uh, the Rick Mino story uh, coming out. No, I do not. Well, Rick Minos, uh, an old political pal of mine, you know, I used to have him on the show all the time. Really disappointed me, Rick. Uh, Rick Minos was an independent. Uh, he was willing every now and then to vote against uh, Daly. Uh, but he's a real political wheeler dealer, and I uh, enjoyed talking to him and uh, having him on my show, et cetera, and so forth. And it turns out he was stealing money from the progressives. Like the Progressive Caucus and the City Council have to give contributions to fund themselves. I'm like, are you kidding me? It's like the Progressives and the City Council. It's I don't even think David and Goliath does it justice what they're up against. You know what I'm saying? You got like corporate and civic and editorial Chicago united behind the all powerful mayor, and they decide whenever they give themselves money, it's a good thing for Chicago. So shut up. And up against them, you got a few malcontents like myself. Up in the attic, you know, they writing for the alternative newspaper and then a handful. And I mean, handful of quote unquote progressives 
independence, they used to call it. And Rick stole from them? It's like, that's not even Robin Hood. You know what I mean? Like, if he stole from the wealthiest, most powerful people, then you could go, it still would be wrong. But, like, well, at least you were fighting for the little man. But you were stealing from the progressives. Oh, my God. It's like stealing from the church fund or something. So I, you know, so everybody's outraged. This is my point. Everybody's outraged and uh, about ethics violations and the ongoing corruption. And uh, Rick Budos, his lawyer, argued, and, you know, give, sending Rick to prison will not stop any po- politician from being corrupt. So... <laughs> What an argument. I got to give this lawyer credit. This is a great argument. I mean, wow. I'm like, I never thought of that. Yeah, we have a problem with corruption in the state of Illinois. Uh, year in and year out, somebody's corrupt. But punishing them clearly doesn't work, so let's not punish them. That's an interesting theory. Uh, you think about that, D. You know what I'm saying? Like, That's like saying, well, you know, everybody speeds, so let's just let everybody speed. Just not have any, no more tickets, you know, no many cops with their little radars. Let's just let them go because they speed anyway. Interesting theory. People are only outraged, I think, about uh, uh, ethics violations when they can use it as a tool against an opponent in an election. And they care about it tremendously. No more primary election news now. On to the city news. Well, Obama visited Chicago last week, then tested positive for COVID. Oh, brother, now he's never moving back. <laughs> he wasn't coming back. Are you kidding me? Come on. How many times do I have to tell you this, Chicago? He came here, used you, and left. He didn't want to come back. What does he want to come back for? Bunch of losers. Barack Obama in the mid-90s came to the conclusion that there was no political future for anybody with brains in the city of Chicago. And he has brains, so he goes, I got to plot my way out of here. So he tried to become elected congressman. That didn't work. Got elected senator. See ya. <laughs> Wouldn't want to be ya. I, so, yeah, so he's not coming back. But he did. What was he here for? He got uh, COVID. What was he here for? I can't remember. Uh, Here we go. Chicago Sun-Times. Obama made a. Thank you, Lynn Sweet. Chicago Sun-Times. Well, shout out to Lynn Sweet. Uh, Obama made a day trip to Chicago last Thursday to take part in an event marking the 100th anniversary of the Chicago Council of Global Affairs. Getting ready for my TV career. There you go. That was good. Uh, A tweet with a photo posted by Valerie Jarrett shows Obama on a stage with cellist Yo-Yo Ma in a conversation moderated by journalist Carol Marine. I knew that. I knew it was something with Carol Marine. Anyway, that's what it was. The former president said, I've had a scratchy throat for a couple days, but I'm feeling fine otherwise. Oh, and he also added, In many respects, uh, a lot of people in this country uh, fear change. I'm not sure what that has to do with <laughs> testing positive for COVID, but cool. Thanks for that quote as well. Now I'm always mixed up. Like, is that Alexi or is that Obama? That's the- yeah, I'm, it's just like I. The fear changed. That it sounds so Obama. I think it's Obama, but then I think it's that Alexi. Uh, right. And right. What does that have to do with you running for Secretary of State? I don't think that's a coincidence. You sound just like Barack Obama, Mister. <laughs> hey, moving on. It's time to check in on everyone's favorite daytime political soap opera. A mayor. And her alderman. 
And it looks like some Chicago aldermen, in fact, there are 12, that are fed up and are calling on the city to end disciplinary action against unvaccinated city workers. Right now, under the current Chicago mandate, firefighters, police fighter, or police officers, and other city workers face discipline or even termination if they don't comply by March 13th. Alderwoman Silvana Tavares, been a footward. Uh, 23rd. Oh, my God. Great job. Alderwoman Tavares, who was one of the 12 to sign this letter, saying the city's pursuit of curbing the COVID-19 pandemic is threatening the quality of life in our city. Tavares said the 12 aldermen also want transparency within handling of vaccine exemptions for city workers, saying almost all of them were denied. Ben Jarofsky, we're going to get your thoughts on all of this in moments. But first, pop quiz, my friend. It's time to see how many of those 12 aldermen you could name in 30 seconds. Go. Uh, Matt O'Shea, uh, Tabaras, that's two. Uh, Raylo, three. I'm going to go Ed Burke, four. Napolitano, five. Uh, Jim Gardner, six. Uh, I bet you Samantha Nugent's on there, seven. Uh, my guy, uh, uh, Nick Spazzato, eight. Uh, I believe Anthony Beal is on there, nine. Uh, I am going to go oh, uh, nine. You're done. <laughs> Great job. <laughs> I start all of a sudden, D, I don't, it's like age. I mean, when you put me on the spot, I started blanking. <laughs> what was that guy? I almost forgot Nick Spazzato. I believe you missed Felix Cardona. Oh, yeah, 31st Ward. Uh, did you say Ed Burke? Yes, I did say Ed Burke. Derek Curtis. Uh, Derek Hurst, 18th Ward. Marty Quinn. Marty Quinn, 13th Ward. Should have known that. I believe those are the ones you missed. Oh, yeah. Well, Marty Quinn, of course, is uh, Michael Madigan's uh, alderman. uh, He worked for Madigan for years as a political aide. And uh, so without uh, Madigan around, he can't antagonize the Fraternal Order Police. So... uh, that's what this is all about, ladies and gentlemen. This is these are the wards where uh, John Catanzara uh, has the most political influence. Well, I tell you yeah. what, we'll read that next story here because uh, it all ties in together. And then we'll get your overall thoughts. How about that? Okay. Huh? Go ahead. Oh, by the way, that was a mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. <laughs> cool. Moving on. As we wait to see who lines up to challenge our Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot in the upcoming mayoral election, one rumored candidate can't seem to keep himself out of the news. Former Chicago Fraternal Order of Police boss John Catanzara. France Spielman in the Chicago Sun-Times has the latest. The headline reads, Catanzara threatens political retribution against three of police unions' strongest city council supporters. Fraternal Order of Police President John Catanzara is demanding that three of his union's strongest city council supporters choose between their loyalties to his group and their allegiance to the firefighters' union. At a stormy meeting last week, Catanzara insisted that the three council members, all former firefighters, Nick Spazzato, 38th Ward, Anthony Napolitano, 41st Ward, and Jim Gardner, 45th, pledge their support to Aaron Jones, a Chicago Police Department detective challenging incumbent state senator and a damn fine guitar player, if you ask me, one Robert Martwick. Yeah, we're going to have to bring Martwick on the show to talk about this. I talked about this briefly the other day. Absolutely ridiculous overreach uh, by uh, John Cantonzero. Come on. Come on, John Catanzaro. Now, you got to give him a little leeway. Martwick stuck his neck out for the firefighters of Chicago. And he got Mayor Lori Lightfoot so mad at him when he passed that bill that he used his influence to get a bill passed that extended pension benefits for firefighters. 
And he really stuck his neck out. And the editorial, oh, my God, they ripped up the editorial boards. The Tribune already hates him. So why, why, why would you try to force firefighters on the city council or former firefighters to go against him? It just is like such an unnecessary. And wh- why do I care? I guess, you know, if there's a spat in MAGA, because I believe in pension rights for employees. I think we all should have pension. I think Dennis and I should have pensions. You know, I am envious of the firefighters and the police, <laughs> policemen and the teachers and everybody else who gets a pension. I think that's where we should be going as a society instead of be dead, broke old people eating dog food or whatever they have for, in store for us. But no, you want to punish them. You want to punish them because they support Martwick, who took a stand for firefighters' pensions. Like, that's total overreach. I think you've got caught up in your own rhetoric and your own sense of power. You, you know, you're, you're the autocrat now. You're like, you want to be Trump. And I saw this coming because here's the thing. Here's the central contradiction about MAGA, one of the many contradictions. MAGA's always talking about liberty. Now they believe in free speech. And yet when anybody says something they disagree with, they want to cancel their culture. And I recall that uh, uh, Johnny Catanzaro said he was going to kick out of the union anybody who took a knee, you know, to support Black Lives Matter. What about their liberties? What about their freedom of speech? See, but that's, that's MAGA. Inside of MAGA is an autocrat. Just saying, MAGA. Just saying, MAGA. You got to look in the mirror. All right? So these three aldermen want to support the firefighter union by supporting Martwick, and you are what? Going to punish them? That sounds like something Daly would do or Rom would do or, he'd say it, Mayor Lori Lightfoot would do. Everyone in Chicago, D, they feel like they got to be a boss. That's just like so Chicago. Gotta be the boss and punish you. You gotta, I'm gonna make you do what I want you to do. I'm gonna break your legs, metaphorically speaking. So, yeah, so that other fight we were talking about is the tie in. Because all those aldermen who lined up to support the Fraternal Order Police position on mandates, mass mandates, vax mandates, et cetera, and so forth, are in wards where they're worried about the police vote. They're worried about the influence of John Catanzaro. They're worried that if Johnny C endorses a rival opponent or an opponent to them, they could lose. So they want to make sure they don't want to alienate Johnny C. But, you know, how far, Alderman, are you going to go? Is he your new boss? Is he the Putin of MAGA? Do you have to abide by whatever he says? Well, I got to give credit to my old friend Nick Spazzato for standing up to him. You know, I got to give you credit, Nick. You and I don't agree in a lot. Probably don't agree on anything anymore, except we both love the Bulls. But you stood up to Cat and Sarah, and I give you a lot of credit for that. I got to give Gardner credit, too, and Napolitano. They didn't let him walk all over them. Show me a little something there. So, uh, yeah. It's, uh, D, I, I couldn't last in Chicago politics a minute. My big mouth, these strong people. Can, can you imagine Lori Lightfoot calling me up? Oh, my God. Can you imagine if you did run for something now and like your opponents like, all right, what what kind of stuff do we got against this guy? Like, oh well, you go to this website here. There's over a thousand episodes. There's just someone hired to just listen to all of your all the shows. Oh, yeah, I'd be through. I just, don't worry about it. Anybody you don't want to run up too lazy because all of them work hard. By the way, you yeah. know, they were, I mean, say what you will about it, but they work hard. They're the only, here's the deal, man. I was just, uh, Sue Garza and I were talking about this the other day. 
Nobody knows the name of their state rep except for geeks like me. You know, nobody knows their Cook County Board Commissioner except for geeks like me. Uh, it's, uh, well, I, I used to say everybody knew the mayor, but after that juror in the, in the Patrick Daly Thompson case, I'm trying to think maybe they don't even know the name of the mayor. Oh, I saw it doing old bah, when I did. <laughs> and everybody knows their alderman. Like, and they may not know the full name. I remember asking people in the 47th Ward, you know, the name of the alderman, uh, Schulter, right? Schulter. Yeah. Okay. That's good. We're on to something. That's the last name. Let's try to put it together. First name. Uh, Ted? <laughs> they start guessing names. Billy? So I I, um, I, I, I respect the alderman, the fact that uh, they're on the line or everything. Absolutely. A pothole, they call the alderman. A crime surge, call the alderman. You know, they call the mayor's office. No one will return your call. You ever called City Hall, ladies and gentlemen? So, yeah, we'll shout out to three aldermen that I agree with on absolutely nothing, uh, pretty much. Napolitano, Gardner, and uh, Spazzato. At least they had the guts to stand up to Johnny Catanzaro. So I got to give him credit for that. All right. And uh, anything else you'd like to add about the uh, other 12 aldermen that we mentioned uh, before we move on? Yeah, they're worried about getting uh, unseated. Uh, by some candidate put up by the Fraternal Order of Police. That's exactly what's going on there and what we've seen. And you were talking about this earlier. We've seen that certain wards in the city of Chicago essentially have turned the corner and are now Trump wards. You know, Trump, uh, like they, the, many of the voters in those will kind of like Donnie Trump. Don't know why, but they do. And uh, so they're going to be more and more showing their MAGA qualities uh, on issues like masks, for instance. Bizarre, so bizarre, our attitude about masks. I, I tell you, I was just talking about David Ferris, to David Ferris about this. Went to a play last night. I talked about this already. Great play. Uh, good night, Oscar. urge everybody to see it. Uh, the Goodman Theater has a requirement. You wear a mask. So I was not aware of that. And they have masks there to give you if you if you didn't bring one because you know they realize that people are coming from a world right now where masks are not required. So everybody's wearing their masks in the Goodman Theater. It's kind of a big theater, a lot of space. Everybody's got their mask on. People leave the theater, D, go to an elevator to a parking garage, an elevator that's about as big as the elevator. It's probably a little smaller than the elevator at the bright one at the sun time. So you get an idea of it. Take their masks off. I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> why are you taking your masks? So I, I, of course, did not get on that elevator. I just like, you know, guys, it's like you, you walk around coughing each other. You like go in somewhere like, wait, what are the rules again? Uh, no one knows. Okay, great. <laughs> and sure. it's, by the way, with the next uptick, which is coming. We're in the eye of the hurricane, ladies and gentlemen. Don't kid yourself. Don't fool yourself, okay? What will we do? Well, uh, <laughs> Can you imagine trying to get people to put the masks back on? No way. Those days are over. Uh, even Democrats aren't going to try that. So it'll be uh, me and my wife will be the only two people wearing masks in the city of Chicago. Well, we, we better get in that Red Lobster meal while we can. That's, that's what it sounds like to me. We haven't no, went to Red Lobster. They're not closing restaurants. But let me just say this about that. Red Lobster for the seafood lover in you. I <laughs> think I know where I'm eating this weekend. All right. Uh, and finally, we have to talk about it. Probably the biggest story of the week. 
Move over, haircut gate. Get lost, gator gate. I've seen a whole lot of catfish, some turtles. Uh, no gators yet, though. Yeah, later, dude, because it's 2022 and Gasgate is taking the throne. In case you were wondering how the multiple-time candidate for multiple positions in the state of Illinois, Willie Wilson, was doing, well, he seems to be doing just fine. And for this story, I decided we pull from the national news. What do you say, Ben? Okay, sounds good. A little good. different, right? You know, we usually do the Chicago news. The national, this made the national news, so uh, the following comes from News Nation Now and writers Eric Rungi and Cassie Buckman. Some Chicagoans got free gas Thursday morning after a local businessman gave away thousands of dollars in fuel at gas stations throughout the city. Chicago businessman and former mayoral candidate Willie Wilson, also multiple-time guest on the Ben Jarofsky Show, uh, gave out $50 in gas to vehicles at 10 stations, promising to do so until $200,000 is exhausted. Wilson said he put up the money for the gas because he saw people struggling and wanted to help any way he could. On Thursday, the average price of a gallon of gas was $4.55. But what some people saved in cost, they paid in time. As long lines caused a traffic nightmare around one Sitco gas station, some estimates were that lines could take three or four hours to get through. Uh, rumor had it Ben was going to go get in that line. I told him, dude, I don't know that line's long, man. I don't know if you want to do it, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Vehicles started lining up at 5 a.m. for the free gas, which started being given out at 7 a.m. News of free gas, especially amid record high fuel prices, brought hundreds and hundreds of people out to fill up. Well, if uh, I'd have been in line if uh, Willie Wilson was giving away free air and bicycle tires. If you can <laughs> no imagine kidding. free air and bicycle, I'd have been like, where's the line, Willie Wilson? I'm in line. Yeah, you got to worry about that bicycle vote. <laughs> But, but I don't know if you know this, but they charge for air in bicycle tires. Oh, absolutely. Okay. They all, yeah, yeah. It uh, really irritates me. It's like, a scam. Are you kidding me? You're charging for this now? Uh, and so now some places on a tangent with it, they just give you the pump. Here, just pump it up. <laughs> Man, you guys are so cheap. So what but, do you think of this, though? Uh, Willie Wilson doing this. Uh, people said there's a lot of traffic. After that happened, you saw a lot of stories coming out about how, like, you know, you're, you're wasting I'm, gas just waiting for gas. I love it when Willie Wilson gives stuff out for free. I won't lie to you. I love it. Because there's, there's that maverick impulse of Willie Wilson. And uh, life is it, just the life in, the, in this country is really challenging and difficult for lots of people. And Willie Wilson understands that. OK, and government doesn't understand it. Our politicians and the, the Republicans who applaud sort of Willie when he does that will fight any program that will help people. OK, and Democrats are so scared of losing the swing vote in suburban Virginia that after like a focus group session conducted by the David Axelrods and Jim Carvels and Rahm Emanuel's of the world, they oppose anything that government does to help. So no one's really helping the people most in need. So a guy like Willie Wilson steps in, and God bless him for doing it. All right? I don't agree with Willie Wilson on anything ideologically. He knows that. He's a right-wing Republican, and I'm a lefty. But I like him when he does that. It's like nobody else is stepping up for him. You wouldn't vote for Bernie, Democrats. But he's too radical. You know? So, okay, you got Willie Wilson embarrassing everybody because clearly – they're not looking out for the needs of ordinary people. Now, I would applaud Willie Wilson more if he supported initiatives like, like just giving out checks. You know, you don't have to line up for cat. 
it, you have the government. Remember the government gave out checks during uh, COVID? Remember that? It kept us going. People got really, like, protected us. Oh, my God. What a concept. A safety net. Now Republicans are all against that. Except for Willie Wilson. <laughs> But it's only a 200,000 limit because Willie Wilson, he may be rich. He may sign the front of the checks, not the back of the checks, but he's no Kenny G. You know what I'm saying? So, by the way, where's Kenny G kicking in? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, no kidding. I, you know, you got, Kenny G, you're worth $25 billion. So, uh, yeah, I like the concept. The planning obviously wasn't very good. Uh, caused a lot of problems. Yeah, I can see how you wanted that like picture of you like pumping gas. You know what I mean with the PR. I could see you wanted that, but I mean, dude, you could have just got a bunch of like gas cards and just handed them out yeah. to all these people waiting, and they can go on their way. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, he wanted obviously. Uh, there's a bit of showman in Willie Wilson. You know that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, he, he enjoys it, and he enjoys tweaking uh, the powers of being, get people mad at him. Well, I mean, it's I definitely he's running for mayor. Again, right? Uh, yes, I think that is clear. It'll be his third time, his third run for mayor. And uh, I don't think he'll do any better this time than he did the last time. You don't think times. third time's a charm? No, I do not think third time's a charm. Uh, I I think that uh, Lori Life will be elected mayor of the city of Chicago. There, I said it. She's mean and nasty and throws the elbows, and people in Chicago love that. They love mean, nasty bullies, D. They go, they go for it. We've seen it. And so uh, Lori Lightfoot fits the bill. We saw that, how she treats people on a routine basis, like those two lawyers, allegedly, got to say allegedly, we talked about that last week, the way she treated Sue Garza, threw her under a bus, and the people in Chicago like that. So I don't see why uh, she I, – I, I clear favorite. She scared Arnie Duncan out of the race. A, a one elbow to the jaw. That's it. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> you gotta. You gotta be kind of tough uh, to go against the Lori. Like we had Cam Buckner on the show. State Representative Cam Buckner was on the show on Tuesday. You might want to listen to that. He's yeah. He was cool. Name. What's that? He was a cool guy. Yeah, he was a cool guy. I enjoyed talking to him. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to run for mayor. I listened to it. I'm, yeah, Cam. I I sense. Yeah, you're kind of testing the water a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think uh, he's going to run. So um, uh, this is my way of saying that Willie Wilson will run, in my humble opinion, but he will not be elected. Well, that's a shame. Willie Wilson's won me over. I'll be honest. No, you love Willie. Wait, won you over? He, he's, he's won me over, for sure, for sure. And the reason why he's won me over is because you, you could see a lot of politicians' moves, and you can see who's behind the scenes, and you can always see that in politicians. And with Willie Wilson, to me, it just seems like he does what he wants, in a way, you yeah, know? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, you'll get the opportunity to vote for him uh, this time around. I don't think you voted for him last time around. Uh, no, I did. Say. I did. I did vote for him last for, uh, I forgot he ran for, uh, a, I don't even remember what the hell he ran for in the, in the general election in 2020, but I, I did vote remember. for Willie Wilson for sure. I, There's so uh, many elections. I can't. You know who we should bring on? Uh, LaShawn Ford. He ran last time and, you know, he's letting me know and he's interested in running. Let's bring, I think, I say we bring more of them on, the candidates on. Uh, who have the guts uh, to speak out against the all-powerful mayor? But I think I think both I, sides. If they if if Willie Wilson presented that gas thing on both sides, they both be like, "Dude, you're crazy! What the hell are you doing?" And I think that's kind of cool. Willie Wilson does what he wants. Uh, that uh, the views and opinions of Doctor D do not necessarily reflect those of the Benjeroff. Let's show, go. Let's go.
Rather than just, you know, uh, have believe in, like with Lori Lightfoot, once again, when she came to the hideout and just, you know, lied to your face, let's be honest. Yeah. Let's, you know, right out in front. We know who this dude is. We know what it's about. Well, he kind of, wait, wait, wait. You're forgetting the ducking and dodging of Willie Wilson. When uh, we, we Troy LaRavier, again, let's go back to that one. Because he didn't want the world to know that much about that he voted for Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Finally, well, there's yeah, that. You remember? Come on. There was a lot of There's that. You forget. When they zig, he zags, all right? You know? It's Troy LaRavier would not have. And then another time, he was on with Monroe Anderson, which was so classic. Again, Monroe goes, Willie, you're just a Republican. Just admit it. You're a Republican. It was pretty funny. That's the businessman in you speaking. All right, Willie, I'm trying. I'm trying my best here, Mr. Wilson. To- my guess is you're not going to vote for anybody for mayor. My guess is you're just disgusted with the whole system here in the city of Chicago. Many people feel that way. And I can't blame anybody for feeling that way. It's one of the most cynical systems in the world. All right. We, we say we love reform and we never have it. We say we love ethics and there's so many people who cheat. We say everything has to be above board. And the biggest economic development program in the city of Chicago, the TIF is essentially a hustle. Okay. It's hustling money away from taxpayers, schools, etc. So we say one thing and we do another thing, D. We say, oh, we're really concerned about police brutality and nothing ever gets done about it. So I can understand why people in the city of Chicago would be very cynical. And I get so much grief and deservedly so because I voted for Lori Lightfoot based on what she told me at the hideout. And people tell me, Ben, you got to not believe what politicians tell you. If a politician tells you what you want to hear, you know they're not going to do it because nobody agrees with you on, like, moving money from the wealthiest to the poorest. That's not how the city of Chicago is run. So if a politician tells you that, then you should not uh, believe them. That's the attitude in Chicago, D. So it's pretty cynical and jaded. That's... Remember last our yeah. discussion last week where Peter Cunningham said, I'm cynical and jaded. I'm cynical and jaded. I'm cynical and jaded. Oh. I just feel like we've seen Willie Wilson as a candidate every time. I want to see what happens when he wins. You know, maybe he flips over. I feel like he's a wild card, dude. Well, you're going to have to wait a long time uh, because it's going to be very difficult for Willie Wilson to be elected mayor of the city of Chicago. Just saying. Maybe Alderman. Remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more, chicagoreader.com forward slash Jarofsky, or wherever else you download podcasts. Subscribe. Give us a review. Five stars. That'd be great. Uh, And you can always send us an email, bennyjshow at gmail.com. And you can call us. We have a phone number, 708-658-4788. Wait, hold on, D. Phone call. Oh, it's Willie Wilson. What's that? A gas card for Dennis? Coming right up. There we go. Finally. (laughs) And a T-shirt, Willie Wilson for mayor. All right. Uh, <laughs> I want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of joy of Alton, Illinois, for doing another outstanding job. And as Willie Wilson and Mayor Lori Lightfoot will tell you back home in Alton, they call him Dr. D, and the D stands for Demarvelous. Give yourself a raise. Take it out of petty cash. Have a great weekend, everybody. Everybody.